So here's the big question. How do mortgage brokers like us, who are in the trenches every single day, how do we consistently grow our business every year without working 60 hours a week? How do we get our skills and expertise out to the world and still have a life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I am Ryan Wiley, and welcome to the 12-Hour Broker Podcast. Good morning, 12-Hour Broker Podcast. Ryan Wiley here. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're going to do rapid-fire questions here. I get a ton of emails. I get texts. I get phone calls, which is great. Keep it coming. Um, I just can't get to everything, you know, that day or the following day. So um, instead, I'm going to put together a lot of those questions, turn them into a podcast. And if it's a shorter question, then I will just do a rapid-fire like today. So I've got maybe 10 questions here. I'm just going to start firing these off, okay? Um, These are the Coles Notes questions. They're paragraph questions. And it's going to give you the gist of it. Okay, Ryan, one spot to spend money. If I had only one spot to spend money and and my time for new business, what what would you recommend? Um, For me, hands down, like take off the fact that you should be calling your database. Take that out of play. I'm just going to say because this is to get new business, let's say not from clients you already have in your database. That's why I'm reading this question because there's more context behind it. Uh, I would say webinars, hands down webinars. I just don't see a better way than webinars. And I've done podcasts on this. Um, You pick your niche. We do a first time homebuyer webinar and we do a one property away, how to to buy your first investment property webinar. And you're doing it twofold. You're doing it one, to put it out to your database, and they're going to share with people. You're putting it two, to partner with other realtor referrals, because that's where you get business. Instant offense, realtors have. It's tough in COVID days to go and network with them in person, you know, face-to-face, belly-to-belly, see the whites of their eyes. It's tough to do, but you can do this online, because we're doing this. Um, And so it's like, hey, I'm running a first-time homebuyer seminar. Um, I run it, you know, every Thursday or every second Thursday at seven o'clock. And I'd love to have your people come out. You can push it out to your network. You don't have to brand it anything to them. It can just be a webinar that you run. You get to control. We use Webinar Ninja or no, Webinar Jam. Webinar Jam, um, we've tried them all. Webinar Jam is the best one. Um, I think it's 600 bucks for the year or something like that. Uh, you can run evergreen webinars, meaning they can just sit there and run and you can push traffic to it. Or you get these one-off live webinars and then you get links. The system says, hey, remind, gives them all the reminders leading up to it. It tracks who signed up and then it gives them a, 24, a replay 24 hours after. You can customize all the templates. You can put your call to actions in there, your link to calendars. And then you can send that link out to the realtors. So if you did a customized one with them where you just change the branding and mention their name, for them, they have that link to the webinar. They can then push out for like the next couple of years. And we have a bunch of realtors doing this and they just keep repurposing it. And so webinars, there's some time and energy to get it set up. But once you have it, like you could literally build your whole business off of doing webinars. Okay. So that's where if I only have one spot to spend time and money and I need to generate new business, it'd be webinar, webinar, webinar. And I would just keep pushing it out there throw it out into the universe you'd be surprised we still get people coming in like hey saw your webinar um from last month but i'm like i don't know who you are what webinar that is but we have a phone call booked and now we're working on a refi and you're buying an investment property and you just found us in the world of the internet 
people see us on YouTube. Realtors post our videos on YouTube. Like, hey, that was great. Like, you know, you leverage other people's traffic, other people's databases, other people's reach with the webinars. But you're not going to get a realtor to send you business because you're awesome right now. It's just not going to work. How are they even going to know you're awesome? It is how can you change their business? So, well, I'm going to educate your clients. We're going to handle all the follow-up. We're going to handle all the leading up, all the tech. You don't do anything. You just push people in and we pre-approve them and push them back to you. Okay, so pick other niches. There's so many niches you could do. Think of all the products out there, all the uh, mortgage products and whatnot. So webinars where I do that. Okay, question number two. Uh, I'm interested in calling my database. Um, should I be using a phone dialing software? Which, If so, which one? We used phoneburner.com. It was about, I'm going to say, 149 a month, something like that. Maybe there's a, a cheaper version of it, less an expensive version of it. I'm not sure. Um, you can do 50 to 60 calls an hour. So it depends on the size of your database and the frequency you're going to be calling. Because if you work that out, like phone burners are very robust. It can, if someone answers a certain way, you can have like an email sent to them. If someone answers a different way, you can have a different email sent to them. You can have voicemails dropped if they don't pick up. Um, so if you have a couple of hundred people and you're just going to call them once every six months, like twice a year, which is what I recommend. Um, you know, if you have 200 people, you divide that by six, it's like 35, it's like 35 people a uh, month. Well, you know, 35 people a month, I probably wouldn't get phone burner um, because depending who you're hiring to make those calls, if you're making them yourself, sure, spend the 200 bucks, you could crush that out in the 30, 35 minutes. If you're hiring someone else to do it and they're just going to dial with their finger, um, it's going to be more cost effective for you. Right, so it depends on the size of your database, how many calls you're making. I don't think it makes sense to get phone burner until you you're probably at that, like assuming you have someone hired to do it, like you're at least over 500 calls you're making every six months. Um, that's 80 some calls a month, 40 a week. Like it's still, yeah, I don't know. I'd be tough to even do that. I think probably a thousand. Okay, um, do you recommend fixed or variable rate to your clients? Uh, yeah. Good question, I guess. Um, variable. We're 100% variable all the way. We don't sit on the fence on this. Um, a lot of people do. You put your options in front. You let the client decide. There's certain times where we really need to push the client to not make a bad decision. There's other times where you do just lay out the options and you let them pick. Um, but I don't sit on the fence on anything. I'm like, even if I'm 60-40 one way, I'm more 75-25 one way. Uh, but variable comes with the lowest penalty in Canada, three-month interest. Um, you know, the Bank Canada said they're not going to raise rates or look at increasing rates till 2023, so you're going to have a nice ride there. A strategy we'll implement with the client is, hey, why don't you take the variable but match your payment right after closing with what a variable, the fixed would be or what a 25 basis point increase would be. So you're going to hammer that principle down early on. And then as the Bank Canada, if they do move, they move it once, you're not going to see that in your payment. If that's your objection is we don't want our payments to change. And then it's going to take a couple more moves until you're in the negative for interest rate um, over the five years. And so that's a strategy a lot of our clients like and they use. Or you say, hey, if your only objection here is you don't want your payment to change and you don't want it to change $47 a month either way, um, when it does change, it's 25 basis point movement, um, then let's go with TD variable because they just keep that payment locked in for the five years and they adjust your amortization. 
Okay, so if that's your objection, because um, that way we maintain maximum flexibility with the penalty. And if you're in where our clients are, where we're in the GTA, and you know equities hustling and bustling um, and increasing quite substantially every year, there's opportunities to get in. And so if you don't have, if you, I don't want you to be a prisoner to that IRD penalty, and I don't want to just slap a HELOC on it because not every lender has a HELOC, I don't want to just slap that on and go, hey, we're good down the road for equity. No, we're going to do that in addition. But, you know, let's let's make sure we have maximal flexibility because our clients are always looking to get in and out of equity to potentially buy investment properties or make investments. Okay. Uh, let me check my other call, question here. Um, share one. Do you have one? Well, this is a long one, but do you have share one strategy for um, real estate investors? Well, there's a lot of like mainstream strategies. Nothing I come up with is like revolutionary. It is to them, especially to first time investors. I sound like a genius all the time, right? <laughs> but I'm not. I just, you know, do the same thing over and over really well. Um, one thing I would say that does come up quite a bit, um, and excuse me, but I'm going to take, I can't pause it because I'm looking on this. I'm going to take a sip of my tea. I apologize. Um, is client says, Hey, I've got $50,000 in cash. I want to buy a half million dollar investment property. I want to put that 50,000 into play. And so I want to refinance. And I want to pull 50,000. And so a simple strategy will be, Hey, we can't write off any of that interest from the 50. So instead, let's make a lump sum, that 50,000 against your principal residence. So if your mortgage is 600,000, we're going to pay it down to 550. And then we're going to do our refi and we're going to pull out our 100,000. And now that new mortgage, we just get to write off interest on an additional 50,000 we pulled off of your principal residence because we're buying the rental property. So it might not seem like a lot of money, $50,000 is what, 80, 90, let's just call it $100 a month in interest. That's $1,200 a year. That gets to offset against your taxable income. You times that by how many years? Like it starts to add up. It's not move mountains but it, uh, money, but it also just shows them, hey, they wouldn't have got that advice from anywhere else. It gets their $50,000 into play. You're gonna save them um, a couple hundred dollars a year in interest. And you just, you just keep layering on these, these value adds, okay? And so I mentioned when I talk to people on the phone, if I don't know they're my people yet and they're going to work with me, I mentioned I have some strategies. And they're like, well, what strategies? And I go, well, I have ways. Based on your situation, what I know, there's ways I can save you additional money with how we structure this from a tax perspective. And I go, you're not going to get that advice at the bank. It's not going to happen. They're going to like, smoke's going to come out of the computer when they try to figure out your file anyways. Um, that's a line I always use, but uh, okay. So there you go. Um, how many times a year should I connect with my database in a year? How many times should I connect with my database in a year? When is it too much? Um, you've heard me say this before. There is not never too much. As long as the reasons you're reaching out are validated. If you're just hitting them with shit, recipes and ways to winterize your home and hey, rates are low, refinance, what does that even mean? Um, then yeah, I wouldn't be even sending that crap. I would hit them once a month and just live with what comes out of that, but it's not going to be spectacular. But if you're being creative and you're spending time and energy and they can tell you're putting time and energy into it, like the VIP club we have, that's the, the one month giveaway, the gift cards, 
and we ask a strategic question and we ask half personal, half business, try to connect with them on a different level. And then we have conversations through email after that. That's very powerful. And then what if you're sending out case studies of how you've helped people? And what if you had a screen share and it was a video and you're walking them through just a scenario you had, um, you know, John and Sally were here and now they're here and you package it up like, you know, debt consolidation, way to, you know, pay for your kid's education or a way to finance home renovations or, and you start doing that. If you're layering that stuff and putting it out there, um, that's great. That's, you're adding a ton of value. No one's going to get mad at you for sending out awesome stuff all the time. So if that's the case, um, I just got a text message. I got to go home because kids want to go sledding. So I'm going to cut this short and I'll pick this up again. Um, Because kids want to go sledding, they go sledding before school. Okay. Um, But that's what I would do. I don't think there's a bad amount of times as long as it's not crap you're sending out. Okay. Um, There you go. Sorry, I will do rapid fire questions again because I have a bunch of them. I have like 20 of them um, on another podcast. Okay. Peace out. Enjoy your day, kids. Bye.